Carl is back. Hey, booze. How was Jamaica? Jamaica was everything. Wait, are they playing like Bob Marley as soon as you get off the airport? I mean, off the airplane. You know what? No, actually. We stayed at a brand new resort and it was like a different, like, you know, like a more like a Miami, like a chic vibe, you know, a little techno, a little all-inclusive adult only. I live my best life. I've never been in Jamaica, so I don't mean to offend any Jamaicans, but I always just have this very (laughs) generic simpleton view of like when I go to Jamaica house. No, no, no. Let's be clear. The rum punch is flowing. Mm. The patties are everywhere. Mm. And everybody, what I love about Jamaicans from my two visits there, let me Mm. just, let me say just two, they are really about the party. They are like, welcome to the party. Feel good. We want you just to relax and have fun. They want you to live your best life. Everybody. From the person who picked you up to the person at your hotel to the person walking by. The vibe in Jamaica. Shout out to Jamaicans. Y'all know how to have a good time. So thank you. <laughs> I am refreshed and I am back. And I heard y'all was talking about my shoes. So, okay. <laughs> Everybody, well, it's official. Into your I need shoes, a vacation. Your mixed match shoes. <laughs> Today we have Lovey Ajay. Oh, yeah. Is it Ajay? Ajay. Ajay. Thank yes. you. Thank you, Yolanda. We love her. Uh, I love you, girl. She was great. She's one of the 12 women we have on our current cover of the May issue. Stay woke. Stay woke. Hey, hey. And I, I peeped your uh, your woke necklace there, uh, Yolanda. If you follow me on Instagram, you see my new necklace. It says woke. That new woke. new. That new <laughs> new. She has it before. Every- Yolanda always has everything before everybody else. Everything. <laughs> Who's Braids. in the love department? Who's in the love department? <laughs> For the love department, we have our resident sexpert, Abiola Abrams. Hey. Love her. Okay. She's in the house to really break down some of our, you know, sex Q&As. Love what it. we want to know, you know, our sex questions, the things we don't like to ask out loud, the things y'all try to ask like under the wrong phones. On we get we have like an account where people send in the questions, and it'll be some random email. I know they just created that day, but people <laughs> want to know. <laughs> we see you, but our intimacy intervention expert Abiel is here. Questions nice. to help us keep it hot. Questions. questions. <laughs> Wait, speaking of, I got a big question. What the fuck happened yesterday Lord at the us. White House? God, girl. James, call me out. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, he was speaking. He was like, today at the FBI in California. Meanwhile, Meanwhile in the back of his head was a breaking news alert that you he just fired. got fired. And then he thought they were pranking him. Right. He was like, oh, that's funny, guys. Ha ha. Meanwhile, and then it was, it was like, no, it's not <laughs> Just <a joke."> kidding. <laughs> I mean, Trump trumped him. True. That's what Trump loves to do. Fire people. I, earlier, I was telling you guys, I felt like, you know, Trump is paying, playing checkers. I mean, chess, not checkers. Mm -hmm. But I think Trump is still playing checkers. I think Bannon and the people pulling his strings are playing chess. Yeah, yeah. But I wonder, is is it really, is it because all the subpoenas came out yesterday about the Russia investigation and it was just so conveniently, the firing was just so convenient, the timing. Yeah, (laughs) because my other thing is like when you fire people, don't you do it in person? Right. Like to have a letter written, it's like it just seemed very, How do we know before Comey knows? Yeah. How does that happen? Exactly. That's disrespectful. And then there's so many questions like, was it because of Hillary Clinton? Was it because of WikiLeaks? What is, was it the Russian thing? Like, even I was listening to another podcast and they were like, we don't know. We're in the Washington Bureau of the New York Times and we don't know. We've got questions. Wow. Wow. Everybody has questions. Mm. I mean, because I'm still with her, I have no sympathy for Comey. Um, But Trump ain't living right. Yeah. Now, you know who else ain't living right? Who? That damn Phaedra. Y'all, I finally caught oh, up after God. missing the first four finale parts. <laughs> you just had a whole night, a binge. But experience. when I came, when it came on, I was like, I jumped right in. I was like, okay, yeah. I'm up to date. Thank you. That was Yolanda, literally the only that. episode you needed to watch. That's true. It was 
everything I hear. Yeah. I was um, living my best life on the island. She was probably like in the beach, on the beach. Literally. Mm. Just sun kissed and all. But I caught up. Yeah. And yeah. the shade is That's real. crazy. So oh, if, fill everybody in, but I'm sure you've already seen this on your timeline or you've watched the DVR or whatever else. But um, <laughs> Phaedra, so Portia had been telling everyone that Candy um, drugged her and or planned to drug her so that they could take her to the sex dungeon. I mean, this is the most ridiculous story ever. But so Portia is um, uh, talking to Candy on the reunion and she tells her, well, can't, uh, Por- Phaedra told me all this. And um, Phaedra's like, who? What? Huh? Who, say what now? Did she make that face she makes when she knows she? <laughs> oh, Phaedra is. The, I love my oh, Phaedra faces though. Oh, she face gave you. Was, ooh, ooh. She goes full attorney. She's poker face, like. Mm-hmm. And then when there's one part where uh, um, uh, Andy asks her a question and Phaedra's just like, mm. <laughs> she just didn't answer. Like it was literally quiet for a few seconds. It was like, <laughs> she's her own best lawyer. For she real. is a, yeah, yeah. So I, I, the rumor is that Phaedra has been fired from Real Housewives. But allegedly. Of course, allegedly, reportedly. Um, but, of course, Bravo's not saying anything about it. But So we'll see. But I heard Phaedra removed Real Housewives of Atlanta from all of her Instagram and Twitter and everything profiles. Ooh. Is that a thing? Did she do it? She did. She did? Definitely. I feel like, yep. you know, reading between the lines here. No, it's true. Yeah. It's true. I was, um, you know, and watching it in my timeline, you know, I followed Nene Leakes and her commentary was hilarious, oh, too, wow. because she was like, you lie, you lie, you did it. <laughs> and then also people were upset with Kenya. Oh, like, really? people were saying, like, Kenya trying to make it about her and uh, keep getting into it. But you Can know. we believe Kenya alone? I love Kenya for that, though. Kenya is authentically Kenya. Can we get Kenya on the show yeah. to we, just we be Kenya? Get, we need we to get it. Well, who I really want, I wanted commentary from is Marlo Hampton. Because that's the queen of shade. I just want to hear what she thinks of this whole debacle. I love her. I just love that. How many seasons later, we still can't get enough of these housewives from Atlanta? I know. Bring it. Shout out to all of y'all. Yeah. Because we are never disappointed and we are never bored. Oh, yeah. Thank you for that great Sunday night TV. Definitely. Okay. And there's been a lot of other housewives situations. Mm -hmm. But none like Atlanta. Nothing nothing like the A. (laughs) The Georgia people. All right. What else happened this week, Corey? So I'm excited. So I was watching the MTV Awards. Mm-hmm. I was funny. I took a cue from Sylvia O'Bell in that I watched Housewives first, and okay. then I went to do the MTV uh, music, TV and musical, TV and movie awards. Excuse me, I tongue-tied. Focus everything. And I loved Get Out. Spoiler alert: Get Out, Sunken Place, all of that. And my new crush is Daniel Kalula. Kalula, you are not alone. You are oh. not alone. Was, what is it? How do you Kaluuya? say Kaluya? Like Hallelujah. Kaluya. Thank you. That's what I that, needed. I always need word association rhyming. I need Kaluuya. something. Hallelujah. And I, I'm raising my hand at Kaluya. <laughs> yes. That's it. That's so, I mean, I knew he was British, and but I have not heard him speak. Uh-huh. I heard his accent. So when he got up to, you know, he's like, hello, fam, you know, get out and Jordan Peele and my mom. And I recorded <laughs> it. Fam. And oh, my God, on my Instagram, I got like 16,000. I've never had 16,000 or anything. 16,000 views of people being like, I didn't know he talked like that. And people tell me I need to go find him on Black Mirror and all this other stuff. So yep. it was really engaging. And then yesterday, uh, well, on Wednesday. Wednesday in Los Angeles, our West Coast editor, shout out Regina Robertson, went to this event and they were celebrating the fact it's coming on DVD. 
and it's past two hundred million dollars. Oh my god, Jordan, Jordan Peele, and that you money is that. going in his pocket. Jordan he, motherfucking Peele. Yeah, he basically Peele. Mel Gibson, <laughs> the thriller community. Remember Passion of the Christ, and Mel Gibson yes. made that movie for like five cents and made like five billion dollars. Wow. Go ahead, Jordan. We see you. Seriously, it. No, it. it hadn't been done since. No, nope. because I I remember when we were watching that movie, I I nudged my husband because I'm always like you know nudging like look oh, did you see that and I was like babe there's like three sets like he didn't spend any money mm. there was the car scene yep the house scene yep. the basement scene and like that maybe in their apartment scene that's true or his friend's apartment mm-hmm. that and, was it, could, like and it could have been set. their apartment yeah that was yep. like you did that see yep. you know lean, what did it say keep your overhead low yep he did <laughs> it very very smart now you, you know who else low. is doing it Forbes Ooh. just released their 2017 list of hip hop's wealthiest artists you never believe who's at the top. Better be some women. Unfortunately, I don't see no women. Oh, oh man. Damn. Diddy. Okay. He's still puffy to me. Ciroc. I thought it had Ciroc. something to do with Buff, like Puffy. I mean, not Puffy. Uh, Biggie. I thought it was like the Biggie songs and the rights he had to that. But no, it's his deal with Ciroc and Revolt. You know why oh. that doesn't surprise me? Because people used to ask for vodka pineapple. Now all you hear at the bar is Ciroc pineapple, peach Ciroc, Ciroc, Ciroc. I mean, you could just sit at a bar and it's like a Ciroc whisperer. Ciroc, Ciroc. Like, I mean, I'm not even trying to give him free advertisement. Like, it's just facts. Like, people don't order vodka anything anymore. They order Ciroc. But you know what also is really smart about Diddy and Ciroc is, like, even when you go to Africa or just different parts of Africa, like, you watch African videos and they'll have Ciroc in the in the videos so Ciroc is like making global. themselves a global brand unlike mm-hmm. you know other brands who just kind of stick to the US mm-hmm. Ciroc has an Afri- South Af- two South African ambassadors speaking of didn't, wow. didn't Jesse Williams used to be in some of those Ciroc ads he sure and like was. the dude from Jesse Williams Jesse Williams back yeah. in the day like the original ones when they were trying to do like their Frank Sinatra thing mm-hmm. all the rap hats. I remember yeah you know yeah. But anyway just I'm gonna finish out the list so Diddy is clocking in 820 million dollars Jay-Z is second with $810 million. Dr. Dre, $740 million. Birdman, which I was a little shocked to see, but $110 million. Wow. Give, it, give it to us. Come on, Bob. What was Yolanda. the sound again? The bird, the bird call. I forgot. Yeah, yeah, was you know. it? Yep. Oh, okay. I forgot. Yolanda okay. And Drake is number five with $90 million. Wow. Where are the women? Well, Nicki Minaj over is the weekend. Is anybody close? You know, she was passing out dollars Okay, to on her, Twitter to her fans. Yeah, fans, just because yeah, she. I think she said, "Show me your straight A's." Something like, "Show me straight A's, and I can verify your school, and I'll pay your student loans." So I think she paid what somebody uh, fact check, but I think it was like five or six uh, students that she paid their student. And loans. all they had to do was show her a screenshot <coughs> of their straight A's. Yep. She verified that they attended that school, and she paid all of their college debt. Yep. Oh my god! So the one time I had my plane on, phone on airplane mode. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I've still got screen grabs of my straight age. Yeah, you Nikki, know, is there an age limit? What's good? She may have wanted you to be currently in college. Okay, though. that's fair. Yeah, I don't know if it was like... But you know, those loans are for life. I know. <laughs> it's, it's more real than a marriage. Speaking of Nikki, <laughs> yes. did you see the p- photo she posted on... Uh, with, my, um, with my bag? Nice. Instagram with Nas. Wait, I'm running to her Instagram. What? Yes. Question. And everybody has... Questions. questions. Um, Wait, the Nas, Nas, Queensbridge, um, Queens. So Mary. she didn't say anything like suggestive, but obviously the way he's like, he is nuzzling her ear. Yeah, it's suggestive. I mean, that would be a cute couple. I don't know about you guys, but I feel like that would be a cute couple. But oh, this I had, may be this, alone. This little con- only kings recognize queens. 
Oh. Oh. I'm not mad at this if it's romance. I know. It's you we know? may be jumping the gun a little bit. We but... probably are. Yeah. Like the internet tends to do. Yes. <laughs> but that's okay. We are not alone. <laughs> I just feel like though that can we just an- analyze this nuzzle though? He's got his nose on her ear. Yeah. Like my yeah. friend wouldn't do that. No. 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 My homeboys would be like, like okay, maybe yeah. like the back of my head, <laughs> but he's like getting very close to like her cheekbones. Yeah. We wouldn't touch nape. cheeks. No. Yeah. That Please. would be cute, I'm saying. And Nikki looks like she's really grooving yeah. like with this she's feeling good you know what i think i'm gonna remove my hate eration because i secretly love nas but i, I this looks cute <laughs> they're cute. Look cute this looks cute if it were reportedly allegedly if it's true we're here for it <laughs> okay cute all right all right so let's get into this podcast hey up next lovey hey yolanda hey Corey. who's here with us today oh my god i'm so excited love it Ajay. Say it again, say it again. <laughs> Love it, Ajay. Better known as... Lovey. Hi. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Yay. Thank you. I heard you just got off a flight. Always. always. I always just got off a flight. Wow. It's like I live in airports now. Yeah. That's exciting, right? It is. It's exciting, but it's also exhausting. Mm. Yeah. Because you're like packing, unpacking, going to airports, going somewhere else. But it's fun, though. Yeah. Tell me I feel about- like you... Go ahead. I feel like you're one of those people who probably has like a whole packing like um, science. It's a science by now, right? Absolutely. What do you do? I start with my shoes, which you have a lot. I have a problem. Yes. Oh, Oh, okay. Uh (laughs) Yeah. So I actually have a shoe vice. Like, you know, some people drink, some people smoke, some people do drugs. I buy shoes. (laughs) So I start by packing the shoes that I'm going to wear first. That determines my outfits. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, let me. When you came to the woke 100 shoot, because hey. you was on the cover of Essence's hey. May issue, well, yes. I was like, stay woke, stay what? woke. But you came in like with a backpack. I was like, you were like, oh, I'm gonna be here for a few days. I'm like, how do you just have a backpack? I came up with a backpack, and you know, oh, what? you did have another a, a little weekender bag. Yes, mm-hmm. that's because I was only in New York for the shoot. That I was leaving the day after. Wow. Ah, okay. Typically, if I, okay, so if I'm going somewhere just overnight, I'll take my backpack, my Because of Them We Can backpack, and my, like, a weekender bag. But if I'm going for more than two nights, then I take my carry-on. But I never check in luggage unless I'm going somewhere for more than seven days. Wow. Wow. I've learned to pack enough stuff, including four pairs of shoes, in my carry-on. Wow. And your shoe game is ridiculous. <laughs> wow. Wait, can I tell you just about not packing a carry-on? We have our president, Michelle Ebanks, president of Essence. She is so amazing and fabulous. We went to South Africa once. She did not pack. All she had was a carry-on. How many days? We were there for five days. Oh, that's impressive. I was like, how are you flying international and you don't pack anything? I've done that. Oh, my God. I did Madrid, Morocco, and England in seven days on a carry-on. What? Okay. Yes. Are you washing your clothes? Book. No. Whoa. First of all, I'm tiny. My clothes are little. Um, that's, that's, <laughs> no, no, that's only half the battle. <laughs> the other uh, secret to my success is packing cubes. So not the ones that you suck air out of. No, not those. Like they're literally like cubes that are the size of think about a a, a pizza box that you put your clothes in, you roll it in, and you zip them up so it fits more stuff. So I have two of those. That I carry with me in my suitcase, and then my then I have my little like toiletries bag. Basically, I try to stuff as many things in there as possible, and then I wear blazers all the time. 
So I typically travel in layers. So I'll put on like a chambray shirt with a tank top under that and a blazer on top of that. That's my travel outfit. So already I can wear that blazer again. But nothing else gets repeated. <laughs> Levels. Levels. I'm telling you. need it. Once you you got to get to the point where packing now becomes kind of like automated. So I typically have a pair. I, have, I typically have a black blazer with me anytime I travel. I have a pair of shoes that I can wear twice. But I typically, again, four pairs of shoes comes with me standard, sometimes five. And then uh, you need shirts that are easy to fold. So I carry a lot of tank tops, a lot of like button ups. And what else? Blue jeans. I have like two or three pairs. Yeah, you can do this. Sure. All right, I'm inspired. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Get packing cubes. I'm telling you. Packing cubes. Yeah. I love it. All right, let's do this. Let's do this. Let's do this. So you're on our cover right now. What was it like to be on the cover of Essence? Uh, Okay, so it wasn't even goals or dreams because I thought it was utterly ridiculous to even think that was something that could happen. Like when even I, after having a best-selling book, I am judging you to do better manual. People, so many people have best-selling books but never end up on magazine covers, and this is like the magazine I grew up reading. So to see my face on it, like my head is on the S of essence. Turn <laughs> up, yo! Who would have thought? <laughs> Who'd have thunk it? Okay, this little Nigerian girl that made it on Essence, child. Ooh, y'all have started something. <laughs> Love it. But you know, Levy, when you talk about a Nigerian girl, I am curious or just interested for you to, I've heard your story a few times, but if you can share with our audience just how you were born in Nigeria, yeah, but you grew up in Chicago, that juxtaposition, that's a very different life that oh, yeah. you left behind to come here. Oh, yeah. Just give us a quick rundown. And why Chicago? Because Chicago is cold. Right. It's cold yeah. in this tropical blood, the way it's set up. I know. <laughs> The struggle is so real still, okay? So born and raised in Nigeria, came here when we were nine, when I was nine because my sister was about to start college. My mom didn't want her to go to college in Nigeria. So ain't nobody tell me we was moving. I thought we was going on vacation. But anyway, when I started school, I was like, okay, so we're staying. All right. Um, <laughs> and for me, it was the first time I was a new girl. I had this strong Nigerian accent. And for the first time ever, my name was strange to people. They were like, oh, how do you pronounce that? Even after you try to tell them and say this is how you say it. So it was a huge culture shock. And also, like, coming from Nigeria, where everybody's black, I was like, who are these people who are, <laughs> who yeah. don't look like me? But this is strange. And then it was cold. And then what else? Yeah, like, and we used to live in a house in Nigeria, and then we came here and lived in an apartment. So everything changed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I can imagine. And then you grew up there... <clears throat> I know how you got to the name Lovey and also yeah. like how you had to be a hard ass like because you grew you know, going to Chicago, you yeah. have to like develop a thick skin real quick. Yeah. So you tell do. us about that. First of all, actually being African, you have to have thick skin anyway because your, your parents and your family members will insult your life <laughs> as a regular routine. <laughs> like when they call you a foolish goat for breakfast, <laughs> you will have to have thick skin just because yeah. you're like, yeah. okay, what can anybody else say to me when I'm being called all types of idiots over here? Yeah. <laughs> but... Chicago, coming to Chicago as a young girl, I basically just like got really funny. So I made friends really easily. So it was like, yeah, you can try to make fun of my Nigerian accent, but I'm probably going to have a comeback for you real quick that's going to make you shut up. So next time you don't try to come for me. (laughs) So yeah, I feel like that actually helped me become funny. Got it, got it. And you were studying, I read in the book you said you got a D in chemistry. 
In college. In college. Yeah, because I thought I was going to be a doctor. Yeah. So of I course. went to college. Of course, because that's <laughs> what, as, a, as a good African child, yeah. doctor, lawyer, architect, you know, engineer. And I was like, oh, I'm going to be a doctor. And then I went to college with, um, with my major declared as psychology pre-med. And then like first semester, I went to class all the time and like actually made effort in chemistry and then got a D. And I was like, oh, I was a kid who never really had to try that hard to get A's and B's. And here I am trying. I got a D. So I was like, I don't even like hospitals. Um, me being a doctor is not going to work. <laughs> I, I had a come to Jesus moment with myself. And I dropped the chemistry so quick and like the, the pre-med. And I stuck with psychology. I was like, okay, I'm going to just go be a psychologist, but not like a doctor who has to be in hospitals. No. Yeah. So well, when, did, when did writing start? Um... I've always been, like, I've naturally been a good writer. Like, I was a kid who would literally do my paper three hours before I was due and still get an A somehow. So um, writing professionally actually started because, one, I got asked to be a columnist for the school paper in college. The Daily Line-Eye, one of my friends was actually the first black editor-in-chief. And she'd read my writing and was just like, you should have a column in this paper. So I had an advice column that kind of reads like awesomely lovey college edition. <laughs> it's like, hey, don't skip class because then you're going to flunk out and not get your refund check. That's not. <laughs> I was that kid. And then um, in 2003, one of my friends was just like, you start a web blog. And I was like, all right. So I started blogging. Oh, my God. We used to call them web blogs. Web blogs, oh yo. God. That's how old we were. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. We used to call them web blogs. So I started a web blog and uh, I never stopped. Here we are 14 years later. Wow. And then what college did you go to? University of Illinois nice. in Urbana-Champaign. The nice. University of Illinois. Let it be known. Let okay. it, hello. Let it be known. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> so then like even but, but beyond you were blogging, but then to become the levy that we know today, mm -hmm. there was something that was very monumental that happened in your life that kind of like you had to, you told me about it a while ago, but and I think you shared it where you kind of lost work and you were kind of you had to oh find, yeah yeah so my first blog I had it from 2003 to 2006 <clears throat> when I graduated from college I deleted that first blog and was like I've outgrown it so I started what is now awesomelylovey.com in 2006 and started talking about like life culture social media all this randomness so but I still had a full-time job then like my blog was not making me any money I wasn't thinking of writing as a career I was just like I'm being marketing I'll eventually go back and get my master's in psychology yeah that was the plan in my head but I kept blogging and writing and in like 2009 I got my first ever blog award it was for um best humor blog in the black web blog awards and it was under the popular category and I was like I didn't even realize this little thing was popular so, but in 2010, I got laid off my full-time job. And it was literally then that I was like, okay, I guess writing is a thing, but still, I need to get a real job that's going to pay me money. Because I didn't think writing, again, I didn't know any real writers. Like, I knew the Toni Morrisons. I knew of them. I knew, like, the Terry McMillans. But I didn't think that was attainable. I just felt like that was very pie in the sky. And they were writing fiction. And so for me, I didn't see this as a path. But then anytime I tried to look for a job, the universe was like, nah, be like, <laughs> I did get a job one time. <laughs> it was terrible. It was, I was hired to do social media for a global brand. Like they actually, the payment was going to be good. I was like, oh man, this is going to be great. First day in the office, I was doing great for four hours. And then 
it was like the wall started closing in on me. <laughs> and I was like, oh, God, wow. I, I can't be in an office and slacks and like just being very sick. It was just not going to work. And then when I left at 5 o'clock, I scheduled an email to go out that's like, hey, thank you for the day one. There will not be a day two. <laughs> and that was when I was like, I got to make this writing thing work because I can't be sitting in somebody else's <laughs> office anymore. I, I've officially, um, yeah, no, I can't do this anymore. I need to, I need to really kind of focus on this writing thing. And it was one of those things where it was also hard for me to accept that because mm-hmm. I was like, okay, how am I going to be getting money that's regular? How, much, how am I going to be making the same type of money I was making, which wasn't even a lot? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very practical. I need to know where my money's coming from. You know, so I can buy more shoes. Mm. (laughs) Focus. You know what I'm saying? I have goals here, priorities. Um, But it was really funny because anytime I'd want to just like stop blogging or doubt why I'm doing it, I would get a note from somebody who reads my website and say, you know, people will say things like, reading your site was the first time I laughed in six months and because I'm going through this this depressive episode or... um, I was sitting in the waiting room as my mom got chemotherapy, and the only reason why I wasn't crying was because I was reading your blog. And I was like, fine, God, I hear you. Wow. I hear you. Fine, I'm going to pay attention. And then I finally started paying attention, and then cool things started happening. Nice. When did you start being a, gla- a gladiator? Ooh, gladiator. Oh, my God. Me and Scandal go way together. We've been going <laughs> together for a long time. So funny enough, the, we- the month before Scandal, I'm telling you, Essence, let me tell y'all, we go together super tough. Because y'all are actually a very strong part of my journey, and you don't realize it. So the month before Scandal started, Essence Black Women Hollywood Luncheon, mm-hmm. 2012, in um, L.A., Shonda Rhimes has been given an award yep, that Carrie. day. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I ended up at the event. I probably crashed it. Because, um, <laughs> look, my life. Um, <laughs> so I show up to this event, and... I was like, Shonda Rhimes. Oh, that's interesting. I don't really know who she is because I wasn't watching ABC at that time. So I remember when it was time for her to get her award, the president of ABC was there to give it to her, yeah. like Ann Sweeney, I think, mm-hmm. at that point. And I barely remember quotes ever, but I remember this woman saying, usually we give people a seat at the table. We gave Shonda the table. And I was like, oh, oh, oh okay. Yep. Let me pay attention. Who is that? Yes. And she's a sh- Chicago girl. So she gets on stage, she gives this amazing speech, and I was like, this woman's dope. And she talked about her new show that's starting called Scandal the month after. Carrie Washington was there wearing a white suit. I remember that. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, right? A white skirt suit that was banging. It was leather. Hey, girl, let me know where you get that from. (laughs) I'll pass it down. Um, So I was like, okay, I'm going to check the show out. And I actually met Carrie and Shonda that day real quick. Mm -hmm. The show started. I fall in love with it. And I was like, as oh my did everyone God. else. As like, with everybody yeah. else. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my God, this show is everything. Every week, you, you're not sure what's about to happen. And then I started recapping it because I was like, we have to talk about this show because it just leaves me unable to deal after every episode. <laughs> so I started writing about it on my website. And then the, the recap started getting bigger and bigger. Like people would watch Scandal on Thursday nights and come to my website on Friday mornings to figure out what just happened. And then Shonda herself started reading my, my recaps. Um, one day I was on Twitter just uh, basically live tweeting as I was watching a rerun. And Shonda tweeted, it's a great time to be on Twitter right now because you get to see um, Lovey's scandal tweets. Child could have passed out wow. on the spot. <laughs> on the spot, I was like, wait, the creator Me? of the show's like reading my live tweets? And then that's how it, man, it kind of like 
took on this life of its own, and here we are. I remember being at Black Women Hollywood many years later, mm -hmm. and uh, you were a, an invited guest. Yes. <laughs> You've probably been there a couple of, a couple of times then. <laughs> And I remember you, like, Shonda was there. And, you yeah. know, let's get it real. Shonda's a huge star. Yeah. Huge star. And, you know, people get a little tired of taking pictures. Yeah. And and it's nothing wrong against Shonda. But, you know, she's like, listen, I'm a writer. I, you know, give me. Right. But you went up to her uh -huh. and from the back. And yeah. you were like, hi, I'm loving you. Da, 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 da. <laughs> and didn't she tell, well, tell me the rest of the story. Oh, my God. So I walk up to Shonda. This was 2014. Or 15, uh, Essence Black Women in Hollywood, that event's lit every year. So at the end of the event, Shonda's at a table with Oprah. So I had a split decision to make. Am I meeting Oprah or am I going to go for Shonda? And something in my spirit told me, girl, this is not time for you to meet Oprah. Go for Shonda. Delay is not denial. <laughs> okay, come on, somebody, and preach. So I walk up to Shonda. I let her finish her conversation with somebody else. And I was like, hi, I'm Lovey. And she was like, she stepped back and she's like, awesomely lovey. Oh my God, I love you. You're my favorite person on Twitter. Chat, what? And then she like gave me a hug. Because when I meet celebrities, I try to have them determine the contact. Like I'm not running up to somebody <laughs> to hug them. So the fact that she hugged me, I was like, oh my God, we go together for real. <laughs> oh God, that's bae. Um, <laughs> and then I was like, can we take a picture? And she was like, absolutely. And she comes behind me and puts her head on my shoulder and we take a selfie and I die. Oh and that's when like, our like legit relationship started. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I, mm -hmm. I thought you told me she that she said that she didn't want to take any pictures, but she was going to take a picture with you. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Which she is a huge, with me. huge. Okay, that is love. All right. I was like, y'all, Shonda Rhyme, and she's so gracious. And I think one thing that I especially love about her is her commitment to ensuring that like black women are in the room that mm -hmm. she's in. Mm -hmm. And since she's basically gotten familiar with my work, she's basically been like. Lovey needs to be in the room, which is amazing. Wow. Yeah. But Lovey, you made me, I know maybe live tweeting was something that maybe was happening before you started, but you definitely made me and a bunch of other folks like know that when we're watching something, we need to be talking about it on Twitter, like in a very, <laughs> in our true voice, yeah. you know, not trying yeah. to be politically correct, mm -hmm. but just like trying to have fun and really kind of... Um, uh, be part of Black Twitter, what has now been called Black, Black Twitter. Twitter. Right. I've been on Twitter since September 2008. So I've seen Twitter evolve from this thing where people just randomly just throw up a random status of like, here I am in my car, to a community, to people creating like global change on Twitter. It's mm -hmm. been really interesting to see that shift happen. So before Scandal even started, we used to live tweet award shows on Twitter. That oh, was like yeah. really BET Awards. Mm -hmm. Oh, oh my God, that's the best. Every, that is the best. Every year, <laughs> BT Awards was a thing you went to be on Twitter for. <laughs> but it makes it to be where you might be sitting on your couch by yourself, but you're not alone now. Mm -hmm. Now you're watching it with 30,000 of your favorite people in the world, <laughs> and you're all reacting the same way. And if you happen to not be at home, just watch your Twitter timeline, mm -hmm. and you know exactly what happened. Mm -hmm. Damn, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> All the um, time. So I again have your copy of the book. I'm judging you the Do Better Manual, which yes. is a New York Times bestseller. How did this book come to fruition? Is, did so, I say it right? Fru yeah, okay. fruition is right. correct. Fruition. 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 <laughs> Funny enough, I came up with the book idea at 6:56 p.m. on August 4th, 2014, mm. and that is because when I woke up that day. Oh, that's Beyonce's birthday. Is it really? 
no, August she's September. Ain't she? No, she's September. Look at you. Oh, look okay. at you. you I was this. just no. I know. I was trying to connect it. It's I was trying to girl. make it it's bigger. <laughs> I appreciate you and all the blackness. Um, yeah, so like this journalist, this journalist had taken my work, plagiarized my work, and dropped it in his like three paragraphs and didn't give me any credit. So my audience, shout out to Love Nation, basically snitched on him and were like, oh, this sounds like you. And I click on it and I was like, that is me. So I spent the entire day dragging this dude across platforms, like on Facebook, on Twitter. I wrote a blog post about him. Like whatever deadlines I had that day, I did not meet. <laughs> Like I was so, I dragged this dude so hard, I had to go to sleep. I took a nap halfway through. It was like, whoo, I'm tired. And then when I woke up, there was an email waiting for me from him that was like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to do that. I didn't know I wasn't supposed to do that. And I was like, wait, time out. So I tweeted, was there not a limited edition handbook that some of us got on how not to be terrible human beings? And literally that moment, I was like, that's the book I need to write. Mm -hmm. That's the book, the handbook on how not to be terrible as a person. That's how I'm judging you actually came to be. <laughs> a couple of months later, a book agent randomly hit me up out of the blue, was like, hey, I read your blog. I think you're brilliant. There's a book here. And I was like, sure. Signed with him. Told him the idea for the book. He loved it. I wrote my proposal. Three months later, I had my book deal. Wow. And uh, yeah, my book came out September 2016. So basically 25 months after I got the idea. Wow. Two years. So, how, so that's how, between the deal and writing the book, how long did that take? So I got my deal in uh, March 2015, and I finished writing my book in October 2015. Got it. And I wrote this book in seven countries, four continents. Got it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. That is awesome. And I love your stories. One story I love in particular is the, and I just dealt with this myself, was when you were a little kid and you had the doll that yes. you loved. and uh, a friend came over and the you know the girl wanted your doll, but you're like, no, 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 no. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> it was like, no, you're not taking my doll. No. And your mom made you give her the doll. <sighs> I'm still hurt. And you said that was your first wall slide, crying wall slide. <laughs> <laughs> I know your mother was like, what? <laughs> but she was giving you a lesson in giving, yeah. giving back. Yeah. I mean, in that kind of state, one, I'm still butthurt about that doll. That doll was amazing. I've never seen it again. Um... It was, it was basically kind of one of those first moments of me realizing that, okay, the things that you have in abundance, you should give it away. Like time, money, ideas, mm -hmm. all of that. And, and, and kind of stayed with me. Like for, for me, one of the things that's really big is service. And it doesn't all look the same way. Like I'm not saying everyone needs to volunteer. And I'm not saying everybody needs to give any extra dollars they have away just because. But I do think there should be a commitment to people actively wanting to live life to make other people's lives better, too. So, yeah. so yeah, awesome. you have this manual. And, you know, very recently you had to say that you were judging. Yeah. And you had to be, I don't want to say corrected. Yeah. But you had to explain why you were judging. Right. Can you talk us through that? Well, well here's the thing. Me being the ultimate judger, that also means I'll probably be up for judgment. Yes. And it also means that, like, part of who I am is I'm the truth teller. I'm the person who says things boldly. And there are times where I will make mistakes and giving myself the grace to fail fast, right? So being able to say, you know what, my bad is not something that's a horrible thing. As human beings, we're going to be growing. So, yeah, I had to take a knee and be like, yo, my bad. 
And that's fine because every mistake just makes you better. Yeah. Because you know better for next time. So which is essentially, again, if I wrote a book called I'm Judging You. Of course, I'll be up for judgment. Like, of course, people are going to be judging me. But also, I'm never big enough to say, to be above a mistake. You know what I mean? Like, I think people also need to understand that even, Lord. Uh, You are a celebrity. I'm not. (laughs) Okay. <laughs> that makes me uncomfortable. You can't walk down the street. That makes me uncomfortable. Without people stopping you on the street. No. that The idea makes me uncomfortable. I'm I know, a writer. But yeah, but Shonda Rhimes is a writer too. <laughs> I'm a writer. I don't. And you about to have a show with Shonda Rhimes. So, <laughs> so Lord. Go ahead, but finish your point. But finish your point. That's also another thing, though, right? When you are um, in the public eye and when more people know you, mm-hmm. your mistakes are bigger. Mm. Your mistakes are much larger and more people get to see it happen. So how you handle it makes a world of difference. So, yeah. This was the most eloquent explanation. What? When you explained this, the, the post you did on April 13th, all, of, all about this drama and whatnot. Yeah. Like the way you just explained your thought behind it. It was just beautifully done because it made me realize, like, life is complicated. Yeah. And there are things that when we have to explain ourselves, these are the reasons. This is not what I was doing here. This is not, And you see, know. there's... And the difference between me and a lot of, like, people who might be in the public figure is I'm pretty transparent. So, like, I don't have a PR team that's like, hey, lovey, say this. Mm -hmm. I'm also, like, my audience, I'm also very beholden to them in that, look, they've seen me on this entire journey from when I was still on Blogspot. (laughs) Shout out to Blogspot. Shout out to Blogspot (laughs) to now. And I've brought my audience with me along the way. And I don't plan on leaving them behind. So I'm not, I can't necessarily be the person who lives in an ivory tower that's like untouchable, right? I'm still accessible. I'm still like right here. So the difference between me and a lot of people are I get to touch my people every single day. And that means I have to basically continue to tell my truth in whatever way that looks like. Yeah. You know, lovey, where else I get my life? I mean, I get my life from you from Facebook. But I also give that raw honesty you give. And one of your posts that really just like, you know, hit me in the heart. I'm tapping my heart. This is the one you talked about people who do not have an entrepreneurial spirit. Yeah. And people who come for people who are like, oh, you you always got to go work for somebody. You got to work for the man or whatever. And you like, listen, if you ain't about that life of chasing a check, because I'll be honest with you. I love supporting businesses and black-owned women and black women. I don't have no desire to go start a business. I just don't want to do it. And that's okay. But your post made me feel okay about that. Yeah. Cause I, so what happened was I kept on seeing a meme that said uh, a salary is a bribe to keep you from pursuing your, your dream. dream. I saw that bullshit. I and like, I saw stop. it be shared so many, by so many people who were like, yeah. And I see so many people romanticize entrepreneurship. I've been working for myself for seven years. It's not easy. I didn't start getting comfortable in terms of like, oh, I actually have, I'm not living paycheck to paycheck until like three years ago. So it took freelance paycheck to paycheck. Freelance paycheck to paycheck. More hectic than uh, salaried. And there's this movement right now that I'm seeing where people are just actively thinking they're encouraging people to be entrepreneurs, but really they're bullying people who are getting nine to five paychecks. And I feel like that's wrong. Everybody does not have to start their own business because if everyone has their own business, who's working for you? (laughs) Right, that's one. Two, it's okay that this is not for everybody. This hustle of constantly working, being on call essentially, of being a team of one when you start, 
is not for everybody. And I wouldn't even wish that for everybody. So I think it's really important that we do respect each other's dreams in whatever the way they look like. Somebody else's dream might be being the best entertainment editor in the freaking country. That's perfectly fine. You don't have to be the one who's like, yeah, starting my own business. This is the struggle. The struggle is not sexy. Can I just say that? Like, the struggle is not sexy Mm -mm. at all. Mm -mm. Yeah. I used to get mad on Twitter when uh, it used to be, and I love, you know, I worship at the the altar of Miss Badu, but she had that uh, hashtag, they sleep, we grind. I was like, you need to sleep. You need to sleep. When people be like, sleep when you're dead, Um, I want to sleep now. Now. I'm going to go take a nap. (laughs) Like, sleep when you're dead. Again, that became the sexy thing. They sleep, we grind. Uh, Congrats on you not getting sleep. Um. I'm gonna take a nap <laughs> like, and so, go back to grinding when I wake up. And go back to grinding. I like yeah. you, how you write in your book. You're like the way my TSA security and global entry is set up. It's set up. Come on, I need to keep my shit together. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Right like now. we have to be more cognizant of the fact that other people's lives don't have to look like ours. Like we're not fighting for everybody to have the same exact life. Yeah. That's not it. I want people to have the choice to pick the life they want. Love. So another thing I'm also like, I love, uh, we've had a few Nigerian-Americans on the show. Yes. You get like your bestie, Yvonne Orji. That's my boo. But I really do love, and, and Corey has spoken about this, like the Nigerian massive is so strong right now. So it's yes. you, it's Yvonne, it's uh, Uzo, it's Cynthia uh, Revo. Cynthia, I mean, it's David it's deep. Awelio. It's we deep. out here, yo. Yeah. John Boega. John, yeah. Yes. It's a lot yeah. of Nigerian-Americans. So basically it's like the Nigerian takeover. Um that people now know about. Yeah. I mean, Nigerians are just really, really driven people because our parents didn't give us any other choice. Yeah. Like, <laughs> when you were young, you were told excellence is not an expectation. It's your obligation as a person. Yeah. So we carry that with us. And you see it now. I love it. Yeah. Because why not? Because why not? Because <laughs> Nigerian know the carry last ever. <laughs> I love when you say that. Nigerian know the carry last ever. <laughs> we so extra. Nigerian is so extra. Like so we the extra. most extra people in the world. We just do so much all the time for no reason. <laughs> Can you give uh, us a preview of the project you and Shonda are working on? Yes. So Shonda has optioned my book to become a cable series. Oh, my goodness. So what that means is she basically snatched my book off the shelf and said, I am going to try to turn this into a television show. So where we are in the process is y'all getting the highly exclusive. Okay. Exclusive. Exclusive. (laughs) New shit. Official, official, official. (laughs) Um, So I'm currently developing the characters in the world that this lives in. So the book is, the, the show is going to be centered around a character that is loosely based on me and her world, her judgy world. So nice. we'll see. Love. So like, how are you like living in LA now? Or no, you still, I'm you're right doing from all this from, I can write from anywhere in the world. Chicago's home for me. So, Jeez. you know, coming up with these characters and basically living in my own head yeah. now for real, coming up with stories and using my book as inspiration. Yeah. How do you expect to be involved? Like, in your development characters, do you think you'll be in the writer's room with the with the? Yeah, the I'll be team? in the writer's room. Uh, they want my voice to, like, be clear in this. It. So, yes, I will be writing. So here's the thing. Optioning means it's not guaranteed. So y'all go ahead and pray for me. You know what I mean? We're going to pray. We're gonna you know pray. what I'm saying? We're going to pray. Go ahead and fast on it. Throw some uh, holy water on it. And hopefully in a year or so, we will see a show 
they saw my book on television. Wow. I want uh, the pilot to be about uh, the Baywood, the Bayhood. Bayhood goes bad. Yes. <laughs> that might be a whole arc. Okay. <laughs> that might be a whole arc in the show about just bad relationship decisions because, you know, we all make them. Oh, God. We all make them. <laughs> so that's everyone's favorite chapter two, chapter three. <laughs> I start, I was re- you know, reading it, real rereading it on the way here, and I still was laughing. Um, I forgot what part it was, but I was like, <laughs> <laughs> when Bayhood goes bad, it is so funny. No, well, I guess it goes back to the, the I got my global entry and TSA pre-check status. That's why I can't be with riffraffs. Like no. you can't be attaching yourself Mm-mm. with with like truants. No, <laughs> just <laughs> I got my TSA to protect. Okay, <laughs> shoot, be like, oh, don't you know? No, I don't. I don't know that person. No. Oh Mm-mm. my god. <laughs> so when you're in the midst of becoming like this, ma- you already major, but it is also you're st- you're still saying that you don't consider yourself a celebrity. I, I don't. Do you find that is your circle getting? Because I find a lot of famous people, they'll be like, you know, the more famous I got, the smaller my tight, tight circle got because I just needed to protect myself a little bit more. Yeah. How, do, how are you feeling? I've already lost a friend over the Shonda deal. Oh. Like, and I, I haven't even said this publicly ever. Like, yeah. I've already lost somebody who was mad oh. that I got this deal. Mm. And it was one of those moments for me to realize that not everybody's going to wish you well. Mm. And for me, I operate with a very open heart. Mm-hmm. Like, that's why I get an open heart, open mouth. And it was like a moment of pause that was like, oh. This is what everybody's been telling me. This is what everyone's been telling me, that everybody who's with you right now is is not going to walk with you in this journey. And that's hard Mm -hmm. because I'm like, dang, I don't want to lose people I love. But, yeah, I mean, for me, I have a really good group of friends who support me, who I can go to for advice, who can protect me when I need them to. But, yeah, like it makes me a part of me wants to draw back a little bit because I'm like, now is there a target on my back? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, do I have to not be so open like I used to be? Do I need to basically create a bubble around me? Which kind of is like weird. It's very counter who I am. So I don't know. It's kind of hard. I have to know. I remember uh, David Oelio telling this story. Like, his mother didn't think he was famous or successful till he did his uh, the first movie with Oprah. <laughs> so does your mother think that you're successful? Yes, because I actually met Oprah last year, and Oprah picked me to be a part of her Super Soul 100 yes, I list. So, yes, I think now she's impressed. <laughs> yes. Before, I'm not sure she was impressed. I, I, don't, I don't really think she was. And she, she was like, oh, Oprah, yes. You've, you've yes. made it. You've made it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Love it. So, what are your rules? Let's for for because you've mastered social media. What are your rules for social media? Some, somebody's trying to become the next lovey, like, and I hate that I said that. I'm sorry. I'll take that <laughs> off. But you know what I mean. They're trying to like follow your uh, blueprint. What are your rules for social media? Honestly, my rules have been for me have just been to be true to myself. Like the way I was able to build whatever this thing is, is because I just did the things that I loved and I wrote. The way that I wanted to write, I, um, I was just myself, and it was kind of like God ordered the rest of the steps. And I, people always say like, "What was the strategy?" I didn't have strategy. I didn't think, "Okay, you're gonna write a book, and then Shonda Rhimes is gonna option it, and then Oprah's gonna pick you." <laughs> and then I didn't. That wasn't in the vision. I just wanted to do really good work that I was proud of, yeah. work that I could look at myself in the mirror and be like, "Yeah, you did that." And I basically stuck with that. So I think what's important with the social media space is don't necessarily look at what other people are doing because you'll be chasing them. 
as opposed to like running your own race. Mm -hmm. So figure out the things that you love to do and do them really well mm -hmm. for a while. Like the reason why all of a sudden people are like, oh my gosh, this has gotten so big. I'm a, I say I'm a 14 year overnight success. Mm -hmm. I am here today after 14 years of writing consistently. Mm -hmm. So on social media, people pay attention to the people who are present. So just be present. And that doesn't mean you can't take social media breaks. Take breaks when you need. Just be consistent mm -hmm. and do the work. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Damn, that's like 14 things you just gave right there. <laughs> Major keys. Love it. <laughs> Lovey. But now tell us about Lovey before we go. Like, well, how did Lovey come about? The name Lovey? Yeah. Okay, so my first name is Ifeolua, which is uh, Yoruba for God's love. And then my aunt used to call me Lavette as like a nickname. And then I basically, like, that's on my diploma. <laughs> like, Lavette. Lavette is on my diploma. And, um, and then I started blogging and Lovey kind of took over. So, yeah, Lovey is what I go by now. And it, it's a name that makes people smile, too, when they hear it. Yeah. Like, when I introduce myself to people at conferences, they're like, oh, my goodness, that's a great name. I'm like, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, no, it is. And you are lovey. You are lovey. We love our lovey. Thank, thank you so much. Like Essence, thank you. Like shout out to y'all because one thing that I love that Essence represents and has represented since Essence started is just how amazing Black women are in all our different shapes, forms, and in ways where like y'all. I still remember. I saw a cover that you guys had two years ago. Was that two years ago with Issa? Ava, mm -hmm. oh, yeah. Debbie. About to Kill, Shonda, mm -hmm. and Debbie Allen on it. Like, some little girls looking at that cover, like, that's going to be me one day. Mm -hmm. So I just wanted to thank Essence. Like, y'all are the bomb. And you've always supported my work. And, and then you're killing the content game. And then I just love it. Oh, thank you. But we love you supporting so people Yo, like faves. you. Faves. Yes. Okay? Hashtag faves. Hey, and you know what, Lovey? Uh -oh. We're going to have a prayer circle for you, the, the show. Yes. Okay. And then we're going to wish you the best in everything. Yes. And definitely we'll see you on social. And invite Indeed. us to the table reads. Uh, yes. Come on. I'm like, Essence has to get the exclusive in the room. Yes, Close yes, it. yes. Because it's going to be there. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <it> <laughs> All right. Thank, thank you. you. Indeed. <laughs> Up next, more Yes Girl to come. Oh, my God. Lovey was hilarious. As per usual. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> and she, you and her were really kikiing about them Game of Thrones. Oh, yes. I can't wait. July 16th, I think. Uh-oh. Okay, okay. Facts, I cave. Facts. I cave. I cave. I will watch Game of Thrones. Oh, my you God. You got to do it. <laughs> I cave. And when you watch it, you got to follow the hashtag Dim Thrones. Dim yes. Thrones. Dim Thrones. That's where the people That's are. The That's version. where the people are. Oh, Dim Thrones. That's the Dim for the yes. culture. Yes. Yes. Got it. Like okay. them babies. Dem yes. <laughs> got it. All right. Well, in the meantime, rolling into Abiola. Y'all know that Abiola knows all when it comes to love and sex. But before we get into what we're going to talk about, I have a question. How do y'all define emotional cheating? Mm. Is a it lot of like everything a lot of that texting. goes on? DMs. Yeah, I think it's the DMs. It's the like they're dealing with some some shit and then they got to call them first yeah. without you t talking to you about it. They know like that person knows more about your partner than you do. Yeah. I like that. Mm -hmm. My thing is, if you have to hide it, because you know, if I saw it, I'd have questions. Questions. Then we, it's probably emotional cheating. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, Abiola has the official definition yes. coming up. Okay. Ooh. 
Hey guys, Charlie Penn back again with a special guest and a special sexy topic. So you know her as the intimacy interventionist on Essence.com, but she's the self-love revolutionary, Abiola Abrams. Our mothers had Dear Abby, and we have Dear Abiola, girl. Help us out with our love and sex problems. Yes. Hi, <laughs> Hello, cutie pie. You are our family, Essence family, so we you don't really need an introduction, but that was a cute one, right? It was a great one. I love <laughs> I love the charm. Charlie Penn back again. I was like, yes, yes we're here. Yes. And today we're going to talk about some of these naughty, crazy oh, girl. sex letters, advice letters you get. I mean, girl, when I when they come through my desk, I'm like, oh, my God, Abiola, where are you going to say now? Yes. Oh, my God. I have to tell you a funny story. So I'm opening my Essence Intimacy Intervention inbox? email. <laughs> yes, in my inbox. And I was in my parents' car sitting next to my dad. And my dad's like, he's like, oh, your email. I'm like, oh, oh like no. Dad, I'm no, like, oh, dad, dad, no. <laughs> No, Dad, no, stop. Uh, look no, away. Uh, you know, he, he was like trying to, yeah, because he's still trying to get used to on his phone. Like, how does the email work? Oh my goodness! So he's like, oh, let me see. I'm like, and you're like, Dad, don't no, look at this no. because they are dirty. They, <laughs> they are, are really dirty. like raunchy, confessional. Yeah. You know what? Let's say no more. Let's read some. Let's, Let's read just get some. in and help these women. Let's read some. And I just want to just say that you know, this is a safe space for these women. Absolutely. You know, for they our sisters, you. they trust we me, trust and you. I, you know, and sometimes it's you know tough love, but it's all good. And hold on, real quick. Let's toot your horn. How long have you been doing this? Years. Okay. Has it been like five exactly. years? So you know what you're five talking years. about. Yes. So let's help them. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, <laughs> so here is a letter. All right. Dear Abiola, a few years back I discovered on Facebook that my husband of 13 years had been chatting with women about sexual things that they want to do to each other. Eh, I'm already mad. Right? I'm already upset. Even though a couple of the women live in other states, I was upset with him. Live in other states. First of all, I'm sorry. I know we didn't even get into it yet, but wait a minute. That has nothing to do with and it. Did she say multiple women live in other, and they, and uh-uh. she's like, she's like, well, even though they live in other states, I was upset with them. I don't care no, if they live in Alaska sir. or next door. It doesn't matter. They could be next door. You're right. They could be next door. But this is a problem. Okay, go ahead. I'm gonna get, let's okay. hear this sister out, and then I will go off. Okay. All right. So I asked him why he felt the need to talk to women like this. Mm-hmm. He said he was just joking around and mm-hmm. really didn't mean anything by it. He made a vow to never do it again. Lies. Can we say that's just lies? Lies. Lies. He's the already best, done it again. Can I tell you, the best predictor of future behavior is past behavior. Ooh, say it again. All that right. so true. And he's already done this, what, multiple times? Multiple times. She's used, it's a plural word she's yes. using here. Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. All right. So yesterday I went onto his Facebook page and found him once again sexually chatting it up. Shocker. All right. He even exchanged naked pictures with somebody. They were naked. Sharing pictures. Okay. So once again, I asked, why did he feel the need to do this? He said, because I was putting pressure on him. Oh, no, he didn't Mm, try to turn it. He put it on her, girl. He said, because I was putting pressure on him and that it was hard for him to be the only breadwinner in our household. And I've been making him very upset lately. Yes, I admit I'm wrong for going onto my husband's page. No, you're actually not. not. Um, But when I get a feeling. (laughs) Trust but verify. (laughs) Trust but verify. Trust but verify, sis. Yes. Okay. (laughs) But when I get a feeling he's up to something, I always end up being right. So our intuition, ladies, I have to say, is so important. We're the only animals that ignore our instincts. If a bird feels like fly left, the bird is flying left. So you feel like, let me go to my husband's Facebook, go to your man's Facebook. It's our sixth 
sense. Yes. Okay. Our intuition. Yes. Bring it on in. So the question is, what do we do about our marriage? He says that we will no longer, that he will no longer chat with his Facebook female friends because he doesn't want to lose me or our children. But I don't think I can trust him. Should he eliminate his page or share one with me or what? Please, what should I do? Is my husband being unfaithful? Signed, fed up wife. Okay. Well, Charlie, you are a wife, so you take this first as wife, wife See, in chief. Now, as a wife, my instinct and my intuition, I'm just angry for her. And I'm like, okay, he's already failed. This is a problem. It's He's repeated the problem. And I think his Facebook page needs to go. And I'm not usually one, Abiel, I have to say, I'm not one to overreact in these situations. And by overreact, I mean like I'm always willing to talk something out. But I don't feel comfortable with this. This is emotional cheating to me. It you tell is me, emotional right? Cheating. This is emotional cheating. This is absolutely emotional cheating. And I'm speaking as a wife who has ended a marriage mm-hmm. because of physical cheating and also as a coach that this is absolutely unacceptable behavior. Exactly. I'm not saying that you need to leave your husband, but therapy is needed. It's not enough to just, you know, take away the Facebook page. Okay. He's not a kid where, you know, go sit in timeout. Timeout did not work for this dude. So you need to go to therapy. <laughs> true. But <laughs> you I need a higher power. True. But can he start with deleting the page or am I asking for no, too much? No, because no. I feel like No, he should be de- he should delete the page. I feel like if it were me, I would be thinking about that page all day. Yes. I'd be at work in a presentation, what's on my husband's Facebook page? And on the train, I'm what's thinking on my about husband's, my husband's Facebook, Facebook page right now? You know, I'm not even like, married. Wait, wait a minute. Can I slide <laughs> through those DMs? You know, so I think for her, she's got to rebuild trust, right? Right, right. And so if somebody gets caught, for example, if you get caught by the government, like doing some kind of computer scams and whatever, you know what? They take away <laughs> your privileges from being online. Like exactly. straight up, they do. Busted. Game Busted. over. So game over. I'm sorry. You are not tweeting. You're not Instagramming. You're not Facebooking. Thank Lock you. it up. Lock it up and get back to making me happy. Yes. You know, yes. it takes two. And also, I'm really bummed that he blamed her. Yeah. Because to me, even if I were willing to maybe think about how possibly I could forgive this man that I do not know mm-hmm. for doing this to this mm-hmm. woman I do not know but I support, then I realized he was pushing the blame on her. And well, I'm talk, definitely That's not a red flag. That. Right. Actually, that is like a serious red flag. Mm-hmm. When someone is unable to be introspective and say, you know what, honey, I messed up. Right. This was really bad behavior. Right. That is actually one of like the horsemen for, I'm sorry, but the end of a relationship. Oh. The fact that a partner is unable to take responsibility because that's what it's gro- a problem. Grown folks take responsibility. And if he is having a problem with being the breadwinner, then you come to her and you say, sweet, let's work something out. Right. Let's figure it out. You don't say, oh, well, let me chat it up with Boo Boo Kitty over okay. here on Facebook. Like, and to that's me, not like, work when out. I'm talking to my husband, if like, if, if, or anybody, like if a man or a woman, anyone is shifting the guilt and trying to put it on me, that makes them look more guilty. And it I does. feel like that's not how you communicate, right? That's not how we speak with love. It's not only not how we speak with love, but where there's smoke, there's fire. Mm. So the Facebook may be just the front end of this issue. So who knows what else he's doing and justifying it to himself that, oh, but she's not working and I'm working. Excuse me? Are you crazy? What are you thinking? And the other thing I want to point out is I'm not even mad at these women. I mean, I'm mad at these women, but it's not about what they did. It's about his behavior. I am right. First of all, okay, let's let me talk to the women for a second okay. because this Listen is, you know, ladies. women's platform. Turn the volume up. If you are chatting <laughs> with somebody's husband and sending them pictures, You're I don't wrong. care if he was your crush in seventh grade and you thought he was cute and he had a jacket and you're wrong. We're now grown folks. You're dead wrong. You are wrong. Right. You are complicit. You are cheating, and right now you are 
feeling insecurity that is not allowing you to go and have your own man. And you have swerved into homewrecker lane. Yes. Okay. Swerved. You pranced. <laughs> you took you the exit. sachet and you a twirl. the homewrecker <laughs> exit and you need to get back yes. on course. And right now we are on the wife wire, on the wife hotline okay. saying that is inappropriate. Yes, team wise for life. Although I do still say Right now, when they're talking about it, though, she can't bring up the women and he can't bring no, up no, the no, women. No, 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 no. It's between right, them. Right, But it's the between women are them. Too. And he needs, he needs individual help and therapy of his own. Yes. Because he is an insecure b- boy. Boy. Mm. Boy. Not even boy, a man. Bye. Okay, boy, that's bye. what we're going to exactly, say. Yes. And so, in conclusion, let's get him a Monday morning appointment with <laughs> some ther- with the therapist. And yes. then get you guys a Wednesday morning appointment with a couple therapists. Yes. Because I that think is there might prescription. need to be, right? Some individual work. Some, and some definite, some individual work. Some teamwork. <laughs> some teamwork. <laughs> and then if you decide that this is, you know, my sister, you have our permission to walk away and still be able to co-parent in a healthy, happy way if this is not the path. So, Abiola, I just feel like I have to say, though, a lot of women are in this situation right now. Like, I, I've had friends, I know folks who say, girl, you're not going to believe what I found in my man's Facebook. It's, I don't want to call it epidemic, but this is a common problem. It is a common problem, but here's what I want everybody to know. <laughs> Social media might be relatively new to us as human beings, but this is the same old game. Mm. You know, when my great-great-grandparents were down at the corner store, and here comes Betty Lou sashaying by my great-great-great-grandfather, <laughs> thinking I knew him when, it's the same game. It is. So don't think that it's something new. We just have more access right now. Everybody stay in your lane, focus on your primary relationship, and be in love. That's all I have to say about it. <laughs> oh my God. So if someone is having this problem yes. and they need to hear from you where can they find you so if you're having this problem you can find me across social media She's everywhere twitter guys. instagram She's facebook everywhere. at abiola tv where the tv stands for transformation and victory or mm-hmm. sacredbombshell.com and you can always tune in every week on essence.com and check in on intimacy intervention tuesdays, tuesdays. With abiola. and then letters are always just so good and we're going to keep sharing them with you but in the meantime just let that marinate how's your man acting on facebook should you be watching should you be checking? And when you do, and you see something you don't like, reach Abiola at kiss and tell at abiolatv.com. All letters are confidential. Love it. Thank you for coming, Diva. Thank you. Thanks to our special guests, Awesomely Lovey and Abiola Abrams. If you enjoyed these conversations, be sure to listen and subscribe to other great episodes of Yes, yes Girl. Girl, such as our conversations with Nisi Nash, Remy Mon Papoose, and Megan Good. You can find these on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or anywhere you get your podcasts. And don't forget to leave a review while you're there. Constructive criticism, please. We heard our reviewers. Thanks to the folks at Digital Media for their production work. Shout out to our producer, Bob. Bobby, Bobby. 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 We love Bob. We'll see you next week. Bye. Yeah, bye.